This episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. If you or anyone you know is struggling with similar thoughts, you can call the National Center for Mental Health Hotline at 1553 in Luzon or at 0917-899-8727 and 0908-639-2672 if you are anywhere from the Philippines. Network Asia. Network Asia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to An Open Mind, a podcast with me, Liza Soberano, actress, entrepreneur, and advocate for mental health and human rights. Join me as we talk about the different aspects of mental health as we break down the stigma surrounding this truly essential part of our well-being. Be it stress, anxiety, or depression, let's get candid about the ups, downs, and in-betweens with people from all walks of life. Before we get into it, I just wanted to say a quick hello and thank you so much to all the beautiful people listening in from all around the world. May it be from the Philippines, the US, Canada, or the UAE. Thank you guys so much for your love and support. And please feel free to join in on the conversation on social media. Just tag us at MindUMHS. And please don't forget to use the hashtag An Open Mind with Liza Soberano. For today is a mental health advocate whose life is dedicated to changing the mental health stigma here in the Philippines. Please give a warm welcome to the Chief Executive Officer himself, Mr. Yuri Marshall. Hello. Thanks, Liza. <laughs> welcome to the show. I'm so happy to finally meet you in person and to be able to talk about your mission and Mind You's mission. Hmm. So let's start off by asking you how you're feeling today. Today, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. um, Feeling levels of stress, uh, work stress related. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm feeling grateful today, to be honest. Yeah, I, I do a priming uh, every morning. And so um, I, I try to start off my day with gratitude mm-hmm. um, and with love mm-hmm. uh, and acceptance. So, but naturally every day, you know, I get bombarded with a lot of work. Yeah. Um, no complaints. I just want to clarify. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's my labor of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love working hard. Yeah. Um, even though sometimes it pushes me to the brink. But I've got amazing individuals around me that are very supportive. Yeah. Uh, so we all support each other. And that's really the culture that we've we've built, actually, mm-hmm. mind you. That's great. I was um, telling my friend, too, I just started during the New Year's um, a new morning routine mm. um, dedicated towards just improving my my mental state and my my well-being and so kind of like what you do every morning i i like to do a 10-minute manifestation mm. of like all my intentions in life in work in love and in relationships in general with people and then after i like to meditate and just ground myself well fantastic <laughs> i've actually got questions about that um <laughs> Do you mind if I ask? It's all right. What your <laughs> manifestation protocol is? Like, how do you do that meditation? My process? Okay. Mm. So for three minutes first, I do deep breathing exercises to ground me. Mm. And then after that, for two minutes, I like to look up at the ceiling and think about all my 
all the experiences I had in life in which I felt the most love. And then the third thing that I like to do is say, like verbalize everything that I'm grateful for in life. And it's important that you actually say it because Mm. it's different when you're just thinking it from when you say it and you actually hear yourself saying it. Mm. And then after that, I just like to set my intention for the day and um, just kind of prep my mind for everything that's going to come. And, And I like to my mantra every time I finish the 10 minute manifestation is to stop expecting and start appreciating wow unbelievable <laughs> and you're 24 yes? 24 yes <laughs> i i i wish actually uh, you know everyone did that mm-hmm. um starting from from being the, being a teenager all the way through their 20s and 30s very powerful can i ask where did you learn that from i learned it actually i bought a planner um, during Christmas, that is, it's a, it's a manifestation planner. And, um, I got into that because of my auntie Frances. So my auntie Frances is my dad's sister from America and she's all about holistic living. And she's the one who taught me how to meditate, do yoga, to use crystals and just mm. to ground myself because in the industry that I'm in, it can be overwhelming and it can kind of eat you up. Mm. And so um, at an early age, she taught me that. But I'm also grateful and lucky to live in a world now that mental health is more accepted and talked about. And so I guess today's generation is so lucky that we have so many different platforms, just like this podcast in which we can learn how to um, kind of cope with everything that's going on in the world. Mm, Amazing. Amazing. I'm I'm super, super. Happily surprised that you've got a, a manifestation process. I do something similar in the mornings. Mm-hmm. I do a 15-minute priming. Mm-hmm. So I've actually learned that from Tony Robbins. Ta- yeah, yeah. My brother's doing that now. Oh, is he? Ah, oh, fantastic. So I'm excited for your brother. He's going to have some transformations. Thank uh, you. But that 15-minute priming is very similar to what you do, mm-hmm. where you you focus on events, mm-hmm. even memories from the past, where you you know you are feeling gratitude, mm-hmm. you're feeling love, and it allows you to feel it. Mm-hmm. And then it even goes further to also envision moments in the future Ooh, okay. that you would feel grateful for. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's where you can then set your intentions and al- almost puts a, a, a track in your mind to, to guide it towards mm-hmm. that. And so uh, you mentioned before that, you know, you had once watched The Secret. Yeah, The Secret. On, the nef- on, mm-hmm. ne- on Netflix. And so I, I resonate with that to an extent where there's there's a level of attraction mm-hmm. and then you can add pieces onto that that really just supercharge that manifestation process. Yeah. Mm. And hard work and dedication is part of it. Hard that. work and dedication. Mm-hmm. Much needed. Mm-hmm. You can manifest all you want, but if you don't put the work in, nothing's going to happen. Mm. Agreed. <laughs> so what's been keeping you busy these days? I know you've been super busy with work, but aside from that, are there any hobbies, pa- um, passions or interests you're in? You're into right now? Sure. I, I think my core passion truly is mental health. So the, the connecting pieces to that, that I've, I've been very curious about and, and diving into what I'm learning is the science of <laughs> emotions. So there's a doctor in Australia. He's actually American, but he's got a clinic in Australia at Bond University. His name's Joe Dispenza. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the, the resonance frequencies of your emotions. And he, he studies that. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that you would really resonate with. I'll mm-hmm. send you some 
some links. Links, I would appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. And so you can start to understand what is the frequency of these emotions? Like what is the frequency of love? Mm-hmm. What is the frequency of gratitude? What is the frequency of forgiveness, mm-hmm. acceptance, and even emotions that are on the negative spectrum? Like what are the frequencies of anger, mm-hmm. frustration, stress? And, and by having a more scientific view on just your emotions allows you to um, allows you to have a higher level of consciousness to be able to navigate those emotions rather than control yeah. them is to navigate those waters. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. He's an amazing educator mm-hmm. and researcher. I would love to look more into that because I have my moments wherein I just, I get so overwhelmed that it's kind of paralyzing. Mm. Like you just, you're thinking of too many things to the point that you can't do anything. And I experienced that so much. And I feel like that would help. Like sometimes I don't understand my emotions. And like when I feel a negative emotion, I'm automatically like trained or like it's almost automatic that I push those negative emotions away because I feel like I'm not supposed to feel them, Mm. that they're not valid. But what I want to learn is that even sadness, anger, anxiety, all of that, it, it is supposed to be part of human nature and it's supposed to be accepted and understood too. I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. I, I think I used to battle with a lot of that and I still do uh, being, being frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, what I've learned in, in these kind of like older years of my life is that I've learned to become a better surfer. Mm-hmm. So surfing the ocean of emotion yeah, because the waves, they come, yeah, you know, and, and we live in a world that's dictated by the waves of nature Mm -hmm. and because we're a part of the world Mm -hmm. you know we have our own waves and they come in the in the version of emotions Mm -hmm. and so i've i've really learned just to be a better surfer that's amazing that's an amazing way to put it i Hmm. like it Mm -hmm. and it's fun sometimes Mm -hmm. yeah you will you will get wave crashes Uh uh-huh but eventually you get to enjoy those as well yeah (laughs) and understand them and use them to motivate you Mm. eventually that's really interesting. So let's shift gears a bit. I want to ask you, what was it that got you into advocating for mental health? What started your journey? I think the beginning of my journey all boiled down to a- an event in my life approximately seven and a half years ago. So I went through a, a very difficult breakup with a very long-term partner and business partner mm-hmm. that... Um, Basically, I had to travel back to Australia at the time, mm-hmm. and I became suicidal. So, <clears throat> I would say that that was the um, that was the event that really shifted the the direction of my life. Mm-hmm. So, I was very fortunate to be in Australia. You know, they have amazing mental health support systems there, and so I called the suicide hotline. Mm-hmm. And they were absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I owe them my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they saved my life through the, through their system and process of having to give me initial talk therapy, referring me to a doctor that was nearby, and then that doctor providing me with a mental health plan mm-hmm. and referring me to the right psychiatrist mm-hmm. uh, that could actually navigate the the problems that I was experiencing. So they were even thoughtful in that way. They were really thinking about who would match my life circumstances. Mm-hmm. So... That was that was the beginning. And then I came back to the Philippines to try resettle. So I was already in the Philippines because my law firm at the time, we were outsourcing the back end. 
um, functions of the business. Mm -hmm. And so when I came back, I was still somewhat lost, mm -hmm. even though I was no longer at the edge. Mm -hmm. I was very much depressed. I didn't mm -hmm. want to see people. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to stay at home. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Or do at, anything. Or do anything at all. Mm -hmm. And and lo and behold, uh, the gentleman that's actually in the room here with us today was one of my lifesavers mm -hmm. back then. He threw a buoy out. Uh, I got caught in the buoy mm -hmm. and he just dragged me out. He just dragged me to social settings. I started to socialize again. Mm -hmm. I started to speak to people. And I, I, that really was the turning point in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, he, he suggested actually the idea of Mind You to Me. Mm -hmm. And it resonated with me, just like yourself, Yeah, right? It um, resonated with you. Mm -hmm. And so when I heard about it, I just completely fell in love with the idea. We started doing the due diligence, looking mm -hmm. at statistics in the country and seeing what is the problem? Mm -hmm. Like what is the problem in the Philippines and how can we solve it systematically? Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't want to offer a, a product or a service or a, or a healthcare system that was just a Band-Aid solution. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what we do. We're problem solvers. We're always trying to find the source of any issues, whether mm -hmm. it's systematic, it's industry-wide, mm -hmm. um, if it's the economics of, you know, psychologists not getting paid very well or not being cared for properly by their employers, we're, we're trying to resolve all of those. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, mm -hmm. If you don't mind, I want to kind of go back to the part where you were talking about your experience in Australia. And mm. um, I, I want to know, like, how did you gain the awareness that you needed help? did someone tell you that you needed help or did someone advise it or did you like in yourself feel that you needed that? It's a great question. Uh, I got goosebumps thinking about <laughs> how I, what led me to call. Um, now that I look back um, with more, um, with, with more uh, conscious eyes, mm -hmm. I, I can see that the entire system was set up to save people. Mm -hmm. So what was happening? Oh God, this is the first time I'm going to share this publicly. Only um, if you're okay. Only if you're okay. Totally, that's fine. Um, I think it's going to, I hope, I hope this serves people moving forward. Uh, I was actually on my way to, to what's known as the story bridge mm -hmm. uh, in Australia. I was walking there because I didn't want, I didn't want to self harm. I just didn't think I would have the courage to actually hurt yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll, I'll jump off a mm -hmm. high, a high point. Mm -hmm. Then call it quits. Mm -hmm. So as I was walking there, there were these advertisements on the bus stops, you know, the, just the big posters that mm -hmm. they put up in the bus stops in Australia. And it was a suicide hotline number. Mm, from an old, It was a little angel passing by. <laughs> totally. And it had the right message. It was just, it asked a question like, are you thinking about it? And I'm like, yes. And it was just like, just call. Mm -hmm. And so I just did it. I just called. And it saved my life. And when the moment that you called, did you feel this sense of like re relief or safety or? I think initially I was anxious, almost expecting someone to negotiate with me. Uh, that was my expectation. Mm -hmm. But they were very, they, they're just very well trained, mm -hmm. good listeners. They, they allowed you to vent mm -hmm. and they stay on the phone with you the whole time. Mm -hmm. So up until the point where they feel like it's safe enough to hang up, mm -hmm. 
So that's amazing. Yeah, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. We, we want to. I, I want to bring that. We want to bring that into the Philippines. I want to bring that here too. Right? Yeah, it's we can work together. Let's make that happen for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm. I um last year I was telling Michael about this. I had I don't personally know these people, but my brother had two friends that committed suicide. Um, both were sixteen, that age, and then I have a good friend whose daughter's best friend committed suicide, and she was only eleven. That's crazy, right? And like, that's why I asked, I came to that question of like, how did you realize you needed help? Because I can't imagine a child, you know, even having that awareness of, of help, that there is help. Mm. I, I feel like I now have a sense of how um, people can be saved in that, mm-hmm. in that way. Because when, uh, when someone's in a pattern, mm-hmm. a pattern of um, a destructive pattern, mm-hmm. And they're feeling like they can, they want to consider self-harm. I think what's really important is to interrupt the pattern. Mm-hmm. So I, it wasn't an awareness. Mm-hmm. I would say it was more like I visually saw something that mm-hmm. interrupted my train of thought, mm-hmm. right? Because I've, I was just in the train of thought, in the cycle of thought. And we've all been there, you know, just stuck in a negative emotion mm-hmm. or stuck in a negative thought process. Mm-hmm. And it can be difficult to actually self-break loose out mm-hmm. of that so i would say it wasn't an, it was not an awareness mm-hmm. thing for me it was a pattern interrupt okay mm. okay which i think is is going to be needed um as we move forward is mm-hmm. how do we develop strategies uh education and awareness to interrupt mm-hmm. people's emotional patterns mm-hmm. like negative emotional patterns mm-hmm. i think that's one of the starting points on mm-hmm. how we can save people. Yeah, and educating people that aren't necessarily going through mental health problems at the moment, but to teach them and make them aware of the signs. Absolutely. I think it's important to teach people that aren't going through it in particular. How to handle it. Mm-hmm. Yes, because mm-hmm. if they recognize it within their friends mm-hmm. or within their families, they themselves become lifesavers. Mm-hmm. And they can prevent anything from happening. Totally. Because mm-hmm. we're a community. Mm-hmm. We actually have to help each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my thinking too. I like that you said that. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay. So um, what mental health stigmas continue to be prevalent here in the Philippines? Okay. Um, I think there's a number of them. Mm-hmm. One is generational stigmas. So, you know, you have a number of different generations that were born during World War One, lived through World War Two, went through the Great Depression, you know, went through all of those challenging times in history. And so for that generation, they had to cope through unbelievable amounts of tragedy. Mm-hmm. And so their mental health resilience was formed in a different way mm-hmm. than it is to, let's just say, some of the younger generations. Mm-hmm. Some of the younger generations who may not have experienced uh, tragedy to that extent mm-hmm. they have different issues mm-hmm. right they have different um environmental impacting issues that are occurring in their life such as social media yeah such as not being accepted by their friends mm-hmm. such as the value of physical appearance somewhat being overvalued mm-hmm. um and just things like that and so they have to navigate mental health in a different way so i think when we when we construct the education and awareness, there has to be a level of consciousness of all of the generational um, nuances mm-hmm. that need to be taken into account. Yeah, I, right? I agree with you because we, we don't all think the same way. 
people from different generations, they really do have a different mindset and a different views on life. Yep. And so that's why they're able to cope in a different manner Totally, as, as compared to today's generation who hasn't necessarily gone through what you were saying, those experiences to that extent. Mm. So the, the type of traumas that they're dealing with are newer. And so I feel like older generations kind of don't understand that also. Yes. I, I think the dissonance is that the, the old generations have more of a external tragedy experience, mm -hmm. whereas the newer generations have more of an internal, mm -hmm. right? Because just the way our mind is, mm -hmm. it is what it is. Mm -hmm. We're always seeking for problems, you know, trying to solve them and then new problems come along. Mm -hmm. And so when there's not so much external problems, we start to dig. The mind looks inward, mm -hmm. and which is why it's super important. And I think that plays into what you were mentioning with your manifestation mm -hmm. meditation. By saying positive words, mm -hmm. it actually affects you as a person. Mm -hmm. So by, by being able to have positive affirmations, having positive intentions, and really practicing it as a habit, yeah. habit formation is the key to creating positive patterns in mm -hmm. your life. So I, I love that. I'd, I'd love for you to honestly maybe like shoot your manifestation meditation yeah, one day. That would be cool. To yeah. share with the world. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah, I, think I have useful. to, I have to kind of master it. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for that. Um, moving forward. I want to know how you envision the future of mental health in the Philippines. Mm. What is your mission with mind you? And I heard that it's a hundred year mission. <laughs> yes. So, okay, so let's break it down. I, I would say in five years time, uh, we would have reached a level of um, establishment where we have enough partnerships with not just businesses, mm -hmm. but with LGUs and national levels of government where we can improve the level of education and awareness Ooh, in the country. Yeah, that's because my number one thing. Absolutely. I think, I think we have to solve problems for the next generation mm -hmm. to remain ahead of yeah. the curve of history or, the, or future, mm -hmm. right? So I think in the next five years, we're going to tackle education and awareness. And also what I would love to see in the Philippines is a change in the toxic competitiveness within the industry. Yeah, right. I, I, I know about that. <laughs> it's healthcare. Yeah. We're in healthcare. We need to be caring mm -hmm. for everyone yes and so i'd love to see clinics partner with other clinics mm -hmm. i'd love to see uh, conversations between service providers with other service providers we would love to have conversations with other technology um, partners out there or mm -hmm. competitors as as people would label it now mm -hmm. um, because we've got a hundred plus million people in the country so to some extent we need to resource share yeah to be able to actually help the entire country. Yeah. So that's that's five years. Ten years from now, I, I would love to see um, the term, the words and terminology of mental health just be part of every young person's natural vernacular mm -hmm. so that it's just part of their life. Yeah. And it so, becomes the new normal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. I think if we can do that, mm -hmm. then we'll be heading in the right direction. Yeah. And there will be drastic change. Massive change. Mm -hmm. I, I truly believe Filipinos are the smartest, mm -hmm. most intelligent, and warm people on the planet. And hardworking. And hardworking, mm -hmm. very studious, um, very aware, mm -hmm. very welcoming, mm -hmm. if you think about it. 
you know, we're just always welcoming people to eat, join yes. the party, yeah. you know, meet this person, meet that person. What's your problem? I'll mm-hmm. help you. It's part of the culture. Yeah. And I'd love for the Philippines to just be the heart of Asia. I would too. Mm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I share the same sentiments as you. Mm. So that's part of that's part of the vision. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I can share a longer term vision another, another time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, what are the, the steps that you think we need to take, like the step-by-step processes that we need to take in order to get there? Mm-hmm. You mentioned that we need to educate and bring awareness, but how? Sure. So like one way is through this podcast, right? So I love, I love that you've, you're doing this podcast, by the way. Thank Liza. you. Yeah, like this, this is a great channel just for any average person that hasn't even heard the term mental health. Yeah. Right. And having that just spark their curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, and you can fall down a rabbit hole on YouTube. And, and if you do, we can recommend some really good rabbit holes. Yeah. Um, I think the step-by-step process is really looking at this from a very high level. Mm-hmm. So rather than making it a business case for the country, it really needs to be a social impact case. Yeah. Kind of the same way the United Nations will kind of look at like planetary security right mm-hmm. um we kind of have to look at the region and think about there's hundreds of millions of people living in southeast asia and to to that extent of the united nations view they would look at it as human capital security because mm-hmm. there's people that are working yeah and we need people to continue working productively in order for economies to remain stable in order for healthcare to improve mm-hmm in order for education to also take its own leaps and bounds. And so in that respect, mind you taking that view. Mm-hmm. We're taking the view of, okay, we have to have a higher level view of, yes, we have to operate very efficiently as an organization, but at the same time, uh, forge relationships with government, mm-hmm. forge relationships with embassies, mm-hmm. forge relationships with other businesses and personalities. Uh, in, in the countries um, and really just have a platform where everyone's voice is heard mm-hmm. so that we can just solve the problem. Yeah. It's problem solving. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think we need to get to that place where we have a deep level of authentic conversation and hopefully uh, have a group of leaders that can lead humanity in this part of the part of the globe in the mm-hmm. right direction so that we can start actually having and then participating in the, in the global economy. Yeah. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like we're falling behind because, you know, mental health stigmas exist all throughout Asia. Yeah. If you look at all the different Asian cultures, it's very strong stigmas mm-hmm. that, that need to be worked on. And then if you compare us to the developed countries, you know, they've dealt with those stigmas a long time ago. Yeah. So they're going through different um, seasons of their mental health challenges, but we're still in the season of winter. Yeah. We're we're in deep winter for mm-hmm. mental health in the Philippines because of the global pandemic, because of I mean Southeast Asia as well, economic challenges. So we just want to help. Yeah. That's 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 literally it. And mm-hmm. if there aren't people that are wanting to help like us, mm-hmm. I mean, who's gonna do it? Yeah. Uh, we mm-hmm. might as well do it. And I really hope that we get the support from the government to be able to do all of this stuff too. And like you were saying, we hope that the leaders also prioritize this. And mm. I think the number one thing is really education here in the Philippines. I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I believe in I believe in leaders. Uh, end of the day, they are humans as well. Mm-hmm. They have their own personal challenges. 
And, you know, once they get educated that they have to value themselves mm-hmm. and their own minds and hearts, mm-hmm. that's the way we can connect everyone together. Yeah. It's looking within. Mm-hmm. Mm. Great. So there's, um, I don't know if you've seen, uh, heard some of the podcasts, but there's a segment that we do called the personality test and you took it a while back. Do you know your results? I know my most recent results and I was shocked because when I took it, you know, over a decade ago, I w- it, was it was different, completely different. Really? I do acknowledge that I am a different person now as mm-hmm. well uh, because of all, all the challenges, but having read my current Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. profile, I was just like, okay, like uh, I can see the positives, but I can also see like the, the, the challenges. Yeah, the challenges. Which totally resonate with me. I'm looking at going, okay, I do have these challenges. I've got to work on these. Yeah. <laughs> so it says that you, you're you an ENFJA, a protagonist. Mm. And I can, I can see that in you because you're a natural born leader. You're the CEO of your own company. But not only that, you're leading this, pioneering this movement for mental health here in the Philippines. And so I definitely see that in you. Um, it also says that you're, you feel called to serve a greater purpose in life, that you're thoughtful, idealistic, you strive to have a positive impact on the pe- on people and the world. And it says that your strengths are you're receptive, reliable, passionate, altruistic, and charismatic. Though on the flip side, they are said to have the tendency to be overly idealistic, unrealistic, condescending, intense, and overly empathetic. Do you agree or disagree with anything that I just mentioned? I I agree. I agree. I can be very intense. I can be very idealistic. And um, yeah, it's just who I am right now in this Mm -hmm. phase of life. Uh, I I believe, I I believe there has to be a certain level of disbelief Mm -hmm. that I wish to hold upon myself in order to, you know, create a future that doesn't currently exist. Yeah. And so, and just like, just like your morning routine being able to manifest something positive, you know, that doesn't exist right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's always going to be an element of something that does not currently exist. Yeah. You've got to be crazy enough to believe that it can. That it can happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that it will happen. <laughs> yes. And I'd like We're to extend claiming. my apologies to some employees. I've been very intense. My apologies. I love you all. Thank you for supporting the mission. <laughs> I got your back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, can you recall any specific instances in your life where these qualities manifested? Yes, uh, I would say I would say the last two years, it's completely manifested, mm-hmm. um, pretty much almost to the T. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I've been more conscious now on how, how to direct my energies. So you know, if I'm feeling passionate about, about a particular topic, um, I'll either journal just to get the ideas out of my mind, and then systemize it, and then communicate it to the people around me. Mm-hmm. And then there's an element of having to market that and like, you know, share that that is a that is a positive future. And I think that we should all adhere to that potential vision. Mm -hmm. And so I've been very fortunate to be um, synchronously aligned with people that have crossed my path and or I've crossed their path where we've shared very similar visions, uh, very similar positivity on how the future could look like and what can we do as individuals and and as a group to create that Mm -hmm. you know and um there's a level of creation so earlier i talked about pattern interruption 
in order to uh, interrupt someone's negative patterns. Mm-hmm. There's also the, the, the notion of pattern creation. Mm-hmm. So habit formation, creating healthy habits and creating he- healthy patterns mm-hmm. where you can create stuff. Yeah. Right. And be productive. Absolutely. I just read a book on that, Atomic Ooh. Habits. Oh, fantastic. Have you read that? I haven't read that one oh yet. Oh my gosh, it's one of my new favorite books. So you should read that too because you talk a lot about habits. Interesting. Is it mm-hmm. top three learnings that you can share from Atomic Habits? Okay, so Atomic Habits. Um, hmm, what are my top three lessons? Well, first of all, changing your environment. Mm-hmm. So once you're able to gain that consciousness of um, all the bad habits or the, the pattern in- interruptions, as you call it, mm-hmm. um, you have to be able to bring, of course, it's hard. Not everybody has the luxury to just change where they live or the people that they're around in a snap. Right. Mm. But just acknowledging that the environment that's surrounding you is becoming unhealthy for you. Mm. Um, it already makes like a big change in your life because you're aware of the, the, toxicity that you're you're consuming on a daily basis Mm. um the second would have to be um just really sticking to those habits and looking at your goal in the end so um sometimes it gets hard when you get caught up in life with you know whatever it is that's going on and um sometimes we forget our ultimate goal or our ultimate purpose or a reason why we started Mm. um this new journey of change in the first place and it's just always important to go back to your goal, your mission, your purpose. Mm. And then third, attaching a reward to your habits. So like whenever you do something good and you're on that track, um, on your way to personal growth, it's also good to reward yourself and Mm. to pat yourself on the back. I think that's what everybody forgets to do too. Like, um, well, sometimes like we reward ourselves, and I know, I notice this a lot in Filipinos, like, Whenever I achieve something good for myself, I want to treat my family out or do it for, it's always for other people. So true. We always forget to focus on ourselves and fix ourselves first and Mm. like compliment yourself. Mm. Like, so I also want to, I haven't done this yet, but I've been reading a lot about how like some women nowadays, they look in the mirror every day before going out and they just tell themselves, I'm beautiful. I'm worthy. I'm strong. I'm passionate. I'm empathetic. Say every good trait, good quality about yourself. And when you, like I said, when you verbalize it, your mind actually believes what you're saying because you're verbalizing it. Wow. Thank you for sharing those learnings. <laughs> you're welcome. Amazing. I'm going to get that book now. <laughs> it's it's a really great book. And the author's story is really inspiring too. Mm, I resonate with that. I think your point number two with um, uh, having a purpose, mm-hmm. I think is super important. Yeah. And, and I think that can lead people astray mm-hmm. if they don't know why they're here. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the purpose of your existence? Mm-hmm. I think it's super important. But it also gets scary. Okay. So this is back to my personal experiences. Mm-hmm. Ever since I was young, probably at the age of eight, I started thinking about what my purpose was in life. And that's kind of weird, like for a kid to be thinking, because I I kind of went through a lot of traumatic experiences in my life. Mm. And so at a very young age, I always would question myself, especially when I'm in the car for some reason, like when I'm just looking out the window, what am I here for? Wow. And sometimes because you overthink or you feel like, there's a need for purpose. You also get too overwhelmed by that, that you feel Mm. like, Oh my God, I'm purposeless. Mm. And then once you're purposeless, what happens to you? I feel like people are so fixated to sometimes that they need to find that purpose when sometimes it just, 
sometimes it's not there yet and it comes like you realize that this is your purpose mm. so i don't want people to also feel pressured that they need to have purpose that's fair enough i always have this fear of disappointing or rejecting people or saying no to things even though i'm not comfortable just because i'm afraid that i'll lose like I'll lose someone like they won't want to work with me anymore. They won't want to talk to me. I always have that constant fear that I'm going to mm. be alone. The fear of being judged. Mm -hmm. The fear of um, the fear of not, not being, being liked, not actually. being liked. Wow. That's that's actually a very deep human fear. Mm -hmm. The fear of not being enough and the fear of not being loved. Mm -hmm. Similar to not being liked. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, I'd love to share with you just some processes mm -hmm. that you could take yourself through. Uh, that I think you'd be able to do a lot of um, internal introspection and really work out and really do the internal work. Mm -hmm. I've had to do that um, also myself. I lost my father when I was 10. And so my Filipino mom was single mom for a while and we both lived in Papua New Guinea. Mm -hmm. like extremely um, tough, tough living environment. Um, and so I, I only just last year, mm -hmm. just last year dealt with um, the emotions surrounding my, my biological father's death. Just last year, it, it's taken mm -hmm. me, it's taken me thirty years, right? It's mm -hmm. it's uh, I had to, I had to go through different phases of challenge, awareness, and self educating, like mm -hmm. just through my curiosity of reading and digesting a lot of content, especially with practical psychology, that I was able to actually deal with them, those emotions. And if you have some of those emotions from from that young of an age, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I can share with you some really good resources that can help. That would be great. Mm. Yeah, that would that would be awesome. Mm. <laughs> I really need to work on that because I sometimes when I talk about it now, it's as if it didn't happen to me. It's as mm. if I'm telling someone else's story. That's how it feels like. Sometimes I'm not bothered by it. Sometimes I'll get really emotional about it. Mm. But I don't think of it on a daily basis, but I know that it affects my behavior. Right. Right. So you, you've um it sounds like you've retained a, a a part of yourself has been very resilient mm -hmm. because of those events, but mm -hmm. there's a part of you that would like to resolve it, mm -hmm. I think. Um, but that's just my feelings, uh, just my sense of, you know, mm -hmm. getting to know you here mm -hmm. and feeling your energy. Uh, but everything that you're doing, studying psychology yeah. right now, your curiosity, your natural curiosity, mm -hmm. and the fact that you're wanting to help people, I mean, you're definitely, <laughs> definitely going to get there for Thank sure. Thank you. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's okay to take your time. I really Absolutely. appreciate that you said that you only dealt with your father, your biological father's loss after 30 years. And it's, I feel like a lot of people that are grieving, like I have an aunt right now who is grieving. They feel like they need to rush the process. Mm. And I, I want people to know and understand that it's okay. It's it okay, okay to take your time. It's okay to deal with it on your own, you know, on your own comfort. I totally agree. I, th I think one of the most important things to healing mm -hmm. is being in a place or surrounding yourself with people that can hold the space for you, just for you to naturally self-heal. Mm -hmm. I think, um, a huge turning point for me is, you know, I, I'm, I have a partner now. And she's unbelievable. She's amazing. And and one of the things that she really does really well naturally, mm -hmm. she she holds so much space for me to feel all my emotions, um, even, even so much so that I felt comfortable being vulnerable about some of these deeper traumatic experiences in the past that by, by 
being able to share it with someone that can hold the space for you and not judge you mm-hmm. and in fact love you through it mm-hmm. i mean that's just like that's just amazing <laughs> okay. so we're not letting you go just yet we have a bunch of kind of random questions that i would personally love to hear your thoughts on um okay so let's just dive into it are sure. you ready yes <laughs> what is the hardest way you've learned an important lesson the hardest way i've learned an important lesson honestly it's probably breaking someone's heart okay mm. because you know th- that same experience that led me to a very challenging part of my life uh, seven and a half years ago the person that i had broken up with um we're now really good friends mm-hmm. we're good friends we own a business together in australia uh, but i learned a lot of lessons uh, from that heartbreak um and it's allowed both of us to really grow mm-hmm. really really grow and so I, I i love the feeling of um being able to to feel like i've resolved um past traumas past mm-hmm. events especially when it comes to people like mm-hmm. someone important in, in your life at a particular time um so yeah that's i would say heartbreak is a, is a is a good source of lessons honestly um and i look at all my other relationships beforehand pandora's box of lessons yeah. pandora's box i mean like i've been kind of scared as well sometimes to open mm-hmm. up the pandora's box and some of those lessons so, so occasionally i'll go back to the same box and I'm like mm, let's open the box and yeah i now look at them as treasure treasure chests so just full of trinkets uh-huh so you, it's it's i like to go in open it up grab a trinket out polish it up mm-hmm. and, and see what's underneath uh all the dust all the dust mm-hmm. yeah it's it's beautiful it's it's full of beauty it's really awesome that you say that because for acting, that's what I say too. All my traumas and experiences in life, it's in a treasure chest. And I use those trinkets when I need to give, convey an emotion in acting. Wow. So Unbelievable. Yeah, that's cool. it's really cool that you said that. I never heard anybody else say it like that. Wow. Yay. <laughs> Yay. So what is one childhood memory that you remember especially well? Hmm. It's probably a funny moment. Um, it's it's I, I remember um this has got nothing to do with mental health. <laughs> it's okay. I, I was I was I think I was eight at the time. I, I took up soccer. I mm-hmm. loved soccer. Just uh-huh. absolutely loved it. And my Filipino mom, the biggest supporter on earth, coming with adobo to the <laughs> games. You know? To feed the whole team. To feed the whole team. <laughs> Uh, meet all the other parents and completely hate on the other team oh my god <laughs> she used to really hate on the other team was she one of those people that went boo every time they would make a goal or something uh, no comment <laughs> <laughs> no comment uh, stage mom g-rated <laughs> so yeah she was phenomenal she's mm-hmm. my biggest fan and what happened in the game it was a semi-final game mm-hmm. and I was a fullback and I had scored a goal mm-hmm. for the other team Okay. Oh, what? But like does a, that count? It does count. It does? It does. It does count. That sucks. <laughs> Except it happened twice. <laughs> so your team was probably real upset. That Did was, they end up winning? So. By two good, points? Good, good news <laughs> uh-huh. is that it was a draw. Ah, and then it went to a penalty kick out. Uh-huh. And I don't know why my coach did this, but he still put me in the lineup to kick for 
you know the the golden goal sorry like um each of the teams has five kickers uh-huh. you've got a penalty shootout i luckily got my goal perfect and we won we actually won the game <laughs> you made up for it so yes. that's good <laughs> oh, it's extremely embarrassing though <laughs> very funny <laughs> do your friends like your soccer friends remember that i mean soccer football i hope not I hope not, but they probably do. They probably do. Like, <laughs> he's the guy that almost stress. caused the game. <laughs> cost us the game, I meant. Okay, so okay. Yuri, what what cliche do you think is overrated and what cliche do you think holds the truth? Hmm. I think one cliche that I think is overrated is love is blind. <laughs> because it ain't blind. It's not blind. It, it should be. A, it is an eye opener. <laughs> uh-huh. it, 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 it can... Turn a blind man to see everything. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. That's my personal belief. I think, and I think that's why, you know, God or the universe is, has given love as the, as the emotion, the, the ocean of emotion, mm-hmm. right? It's, it, you can have love where you experience total joy. Mm-hmm. You can have love that creates stress. Yeah. You can have love that creates pain. Mm-hmm. It's like the fabric mm-hmm. of reality, love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I believe that's overrated. Love is not blind, folks. Love is an eye opener. I hate, I hate love is blind, honestly. Because right? it's basically saying no matter how bad this person treats you, you should still love them, basically. Totally. I, I think it's a good. Le- I think love is a good um, stage for lessons. Uh, yeah, good stage for it lessons. Is. Yeah, I think a cliche I I think holds true is something that I learned from Tony Robbins, uh, and that is all I need is within me now. Um, it's part of my affirmations because you know end of end of the day, I I personally believe that you can't rely on anything external mm-hmm. in order to get to a place of calm and peace Mm -hmm. i think that that is a person's own responsibility Mm -hmm. and you need to find that from within and i and actually a lot of the life's most difficult answers that i've been seeking were all within Mm -hmm. all of them were actually within me that's that's really beautiful yeah Actually, um, there's this song that I really like. I don't know if you listen to K-pop, but your fellow like Aussie, mm-hmm. Aussie mate, her name is Rosé. Um, she's Korean, but she grew up in Australia. She has a song called On the Ground. And basically she says, everything I need is on the ground. Mm-hmm. I think that's what she means. Like it's within. Mm-hmm. So that's why I really like that song. I love those words too, on the ground. Mm-hmm. I love grounding. Yeah. Yes. Mother Earth, Mother Nature. That's that's mm-hmm. my sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As you can see with all your plant babies. <laughs> okay. Next question. What is your favorite word and why? Oh, gosh. That's a tough one. I love words. Mm. I would say my answer today is going to be passion. Passion. Okay. Passion. Valentine's why? is coming up. And I, I was taught by an amazing person who lives in India. Uh, her name's A2 Chopra. Look her up. She's amazing. And she was te- teaching me the etymology of the word passion. Mm-hmm. And the etymology, the, the, where it derives from mm-hmm. is that it actually means, um, it actually means suffering and endurance. Right. And so people, really? throw, people throw it around like during Valentine's, like it's associated with love, mm-hmm. but it is the, the source of the word is, having gone through um unbelievable amounts of pain 
and, and, and enduring through it. Mm-hmm. And so that actually was a huge realization for me why uh, Mel Gibson named his movie The Passion of Christ. When you think about mm-hmm. it. Because suffering and enduring it for the people you love. And that's Correct. passion. And that's passion. It's mm-hmm. such a beautiful word. And, and I never, etymology. I didn't know that that was like the, the root of it. That's mm. nice. It is, right? That is amazing. It almost changes the intent of mm-hmm. the word. And so when I learned that, my whole body just shifted mm-hmm. in the way I now uh, embody passion mm-hmm. within me. It just, it's now got this strength mm-hmm. that's been attached to it. Like all of this, you know, unbelievable tragedy and just enduring through it and feeling proud mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the self-reward thing, I guess, from the Atomic Habits. Yeah. Uh, I, I always self-reward myself for getting through difficult times. Uh, mm-hmm. I went through some difficult times recently uh, and with the help of, you know, um, the best friends and family around me, I was able to get through that. But I'm now in the process of patting myself on the back and going, okay, you did a good job, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's keep going forward. Yeah. So I'm at that stage now. Mm. I think passion is going to be my new favorite word, but lately my favorite word has been enough. So I wear it on a bracelet too. And that's because I just discovered a poem over the holidays about wanting enough. I think today's generations want everything. They want to have everything and they're in a rush to get everything and sort everything and figure out everything in life when all we need really is just enough. And in that poem, they say that like, I wish you enough sadness so that you can appreciate the happy moments in life. I wish you enough rain so that you can appreciate the sun Mm. it's always just to want enough so that you can manage your expectations better i also think it's actually sustainable Mm -hmm. you know um we we live in a society of overconsumption Mm um you know overspending Mm -hmm. and when you when you think about how much you really need as a person and you you use your resources well, you mm-hmm. have more to give. Like yep. You can actually share more mm-hmm. with people around you. Um, so I'm, I'm going through a very sulit, um, sulit. <laughs> sulit phase of my life where I'm just kind of like shed away all the things that I don't need and kind of like just making simple things, making mm-hmm. me, ha- me and my partner happy. And mm-hmm. that's, yeah. That's what helpful. I'm doing right now too. Like, I like what you said about we just like to consume so much nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like even with social media, I checked my screen time and I was really disappointed to see that like I was spending so much time on my phone. Mm-hmm. But I know that a lot of it is for work, but um, I'm trying to make it a habit to not touch my phone until 9 a.m. I wake up at 6 and then I don't touch it till 9 a.m. Wow. And then I also set the intention that I can only use my phone for like social media and stuff at a certain time in the day. Mm-hmm. That way I can, I have time for other things in my life. Cause I feel like throughout the days, like I'm kind of here, I'm kind of there, but I'm also on social media and I'm not present. Mm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to adopt a little bit of that. I might, <laughs> I might leave my phone char- charges outside of the bedroom. Mm. Actually luck. a lot of, um, very successful businessmen that I've I've had the opportunity to talk to this past year. They all advise me the same thing. Don't touch your phone for the first few hours of the day and do not touch it one hour before sleeping. Wow. Yeah. There's actually a science to it because the blue light in your phone wakes up your brain. So you Fair do enough. not want to use your phone before sleeping. I'm going to take your advice on that. And if someone in the future interviews me, I'm like, I don't touch my phone three hours in the morning because Liza said so. <laughs> It's okay. Like, I think people are more accepting of these types of things now, like in terms of like your bosses at work and stuff. I think they're acknowledging that everybody needs 
their mental health um, practices in place too. Mm, totally. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Okay. Mm. Which leads me to my last question. What would you title your memoir? Hmm. I would just say I lived. You lived. I lived. I lived. Yeah, mm-hmm. I lived. Um, yeah, I feel like I've almost made every mistake in the book. Yeah. That's a, that's beautiful too. That'll be a very interesting book. I, I don't think I'll be ready to release that until I'm like 90. Mm-hmm. What, what, what about you? What would your memoir be called? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's so hard to answer these kind of questions. It would probably be hmm, Hope. Ooh. That's my real name. So before, when I was younger, I, I used to not like my name to the point that I was even asking if I could go by my middle name, Elizabeth, um, just because I felt like it was cliche. <laughs> I felt like my name was cliche and I was seeing it everywhere, hearing it everywhere. And I hated the fact that people were just using my name, saying my name all the time. Mm. And they weren't actually like calling me. And when I got older, I realized the power in words. Mm. And I realized the reason why my parents um, gave me that name. I mean, I, I found the, yeah, I found out the reason I discovered the reason why they gave me that name. And so now whenever I look at my name, I don't know. I just, whenever I think of my name, I, I just become more positive. And then it kind of gives me a sense of purpose for some reason. Mm. I feel like my purpose is to give hope. Mm. This is, this is our favorite question to ask on this podcast. What is one thing that you love that almost everybody hates? Or what is one thing that you hate that everybody else loves? That's a, that's a really good question. That's a really, really good question. Um, I'm going to flip the question back to you in a moment about that. <laughs> something that I hate that everybody loves or something that I love that everybody hates. I honestly can't think of one, to be honest. I, I feel, I feel like I, I feel like my soul exists on a plane of agnostic reality where i feel like i am willing to accept and try everything yeah that's that's great though that's a great mindset yeah so i I can't say i hate anything right now what do i love that's not normal to love i mean i love my bill bill like you love your tummy i love it because you know i i kind of look back this is very recent recent realization Mm -hmm. and it's pre-pandemic I was because I'd broken up and I'd re re kind of like recovered. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna like hit the gym, get ripped, I'm gonna get ripped, <laughs> and get a six pack. And then what I realized was the sooner, the closer I got to getting a six pack, like I got a four at one point, I just got more anxiety. Mm-hmm. I got more anxiety on how to maintain the goddamn thing, <laughs> right? And I was just like, and, and then and then I now I now live in this state where there's a you know I got a little kangaroo pouch. And I'm just totally happy. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, it's my energy reserve. Like mm-hmm. if I'm running out of energy, I kind of look down. I'm like, I still got energy. I got energy. <laughs> There's still something in there. <laughs> I can go through a desert and I'll be fine. <laughs> so I love my build build. Okay. I'm still on, on the process or journey of learning to love my body. So fair. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's a, it's a good journey. It's a good journey. Lots it of is. lots of hidden doors and surprises, but uh, yeah, it's it's nice at the other end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So that was actually our last question. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for being open and for being vulnerable and for sharing all of these amazing lessons, not only to me, I'm pretty sure I'm going to bring a lot of these lessons down with me until the very last breath that I I take. Um, And that's honest. I'm being very honest. Um, And I'm sure that our viewers are going to learn a lot from your story and learn a lot through Mind You. And I'm really, really, really so honored and proud to be part of this mission that you started. Thank you so much for giving me this platform and thank you for wanting to help the whole country. I mean, you are amazing. I would say that you're a hero too in your own right. Wow. That's, um, I mean, thank you. You're welcome. I I also appreciate you uh, you. for this platform and for your voice about mental health. I really appreciate you. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. And um, is there any last words that you would like to say to our audiences, a message maybe? Um, I guess one final thing is, you know, I I, I just want to say that we we all really need to do this together, uh, mental health. Uh, we need to end the stigma together. Mm-hmm. Um, that includes, you know, whatever challenges you're going through, people you don't like, circ- life circumstances that currently are not serving you. Um, l- just like your name, um, just have hope. Mm-hmm. Just have hope because better days are ahead. Um, and I've been there in the darkest of days and there's always, always been light at the end of the tunnel or through the door, through the shrub or wherever it is you are. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's power and hope. So that's my message to everyone. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for everything. Again, I, I, I'm so, I'm really so grateful. That's why I keep on saying thank you. Thank you also. Does mind you have anything lined up that you want to share with all of our listeners? Um, yes, uh, we, we have a lot of things um, in 2022. It's very exciting and it's coming up. Uh, we're developing a suicide hotline. Yay! Right? Okay. Uh, a mental health hotline. And we're doing that in collaboration, obviously, with all of our psychologists, our team. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're liaising with other um, partnerships uh, just in the in the Philippines. So super exciting. Pay mm-hmm. attention. That's, that's going to come out soon. And then we also will be able to have um, a service for everybody. So... If people are looking for psychology sessions, psychiatry sessions, and we envision putting nutritionists on mm-hmm. there, um, wellness coaches, yeah. and and train them. We want to train them well so wow. that they can speak the right words mm-hmm. um, and teach other people to help each other. So mm-hmm. that's super exciting. Um, stay tuned, and I guess we'll make an announcement as soon as we can. Yep, that is very exciting. And I'm really looking forward to all the great things that Mind You is going to do in the coming year. And um, I'm sure my fans are also really excited because they were actually asking some of these questions, like Mm -hmm. if there ever is going to be a mental health hotline. Mm -hmm. And I I honestly didn't know, so I didn't answer it. But now that you tell me, that's something that they have to look forward to. Yes, it's coming soon. I hope everybody shares that because it'll, it'll really, like, it helped you. It'll help a lot of people. I think I think that in itself is going to be a movement uh, so that people can have access to a hotline mm-hmm. that um, can actually help them. Mm-hmm. There you guys have it. Another great no holds barred conversation on an open mind. And I just wanted to say thank you guys so much again for tuning in. I hope that all of you guys were able to pick up some valuable life lessons that you guys can use. And please don't forget to click like, follow, subscribe and share our podcast. Make us a weekly habit on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podcast Network Asia. 
And I also wanted to say thank you so much to Mind You for powering this podcast. And you can follow them on their social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Mind You MHS. And also you can find us on Kumu now, uh, twice a week, Wednesdays and Saturdays, mm-hmm. 8 p.m. And that's also Mind You MHS. Okay. And I heard you guys also have webinars, I think, monthly. We actually now have free monthly webinars. Mm-hmm. So uh, pay attention and stay tuned to our um, social media mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be able to announce those. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's at Mind You MHS. So don't forget to check out our social media for all those details. And you can also follow me at Liza Soberano on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I also have a YouTube page, Liza Space Soberano. Thank you guys so much again. I really appreciate appreciate you guys for tuning in and I'll see you guys next week for more conversations with an open mind. Take care. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.